Hello and welcome to another episode of Midiera Meets, the monthly music podcast where we talk to a wide range of people from the music world. This month I'm speaking to Emily Dolan Davis, who is an incredible drummer who's toured the world and played live with the likes of The Darkness, Brian Ferry, Kim Wilde, Howard Jones and loads more. Emily also has her own recording studio where she records drums remotely for people across the face of the earth. She also runs STEM Club, which gives amateur DJs and producers access to her musical stems with loads of different styles and tempos available for them to use in their tracks. I caught up with Emily earlier on this year to talk about her career, and the first thing I asked was about her musical beginnings. Okay, so um, music has kind of been in my life for as long as I can remember, really, because my dad used to play guitar. Uh, he still does very occasionally, but he would always um, play it like blues jams and stuff. So my youngest sort of memories is him noodling around on a guitar. And my mum used to play a little tiny bit of piano. And by tiny bit, I mean she literally knows maybe three songs. And even to this day, she still can't quite play them right. But I love it. It kind of, I don't know, there's something really lovely about that. Um, and there was uh, always sort of music uh, on at home, always playing. And me and my sister were just obsessed by music all the time. We would sit reading lyric books of albums that were out at the time. I remember the Definitely Maybe album by Oasis. We mm -hmm. used to sit and incessantly read these lyrics. And um, I remember we would try and sing along to Prodigy. My dad was really into Fat of the Land, that album. And we were determined not to swear. So we would just <laughs> make up words like, so um, smack my picture as opposed to what it actually is uh, and stuff like that. So music was always a massive, massive part of our life. And I tried playing a few different instruments uh, before I found the drums. My dad tried to teach me guitar. That didn't quite work. I couldn't quite grasp the idea of having six strings, each string being a different note, and then you have to actually play all six notes or five notes or whatever to create a chord. And it was just like, this is this is too much information. I don't understand. So that didn't work for me. Uh, did piano for a little bit. But again, just I just didn't enjoy it. I think it was more to do with the teacher than anything. Um, and then I hit 11 years old and I was in school and there was a notice in the register that just said there's a drum club starting uh, next week or this week. Um, it's at lunchtime, like head on down. Um, and at the time, I mean, I was incredibly shy, but there was something that I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll try that and, and see how it goes. And I went to this drum club and sat down and sort of started doing what the teacher was asking us to do and it just kind of like slotted into place and I just I understood it was the absolute opposite of the, my guitar experience where I was just going oh god I don't get it what is this mm -hmm. I just went I understand this and I'd never felt like that before about anything and I just thought I could do this I think I could be good at this I want to do this and it just it was like I remember this that moment to this day and it was just so immediate and and undeniable and and that was when my love affair with the drums began I guess that's cool that's cool I mean what a great um the 90s was such a great time for like uh, influential music oh yeah um so yeah the prodigy uh, oasis hugely influential to loads of people yeah um yeah and um 
I think the um, no, I love the way that yeah, I love the way that you you had the op- it's those little opportunities that appear sometimes, isn't it? Like, do you want to try this thing? Yeah, and it just happens to be the one that's like I where I, you should be. I often think about the sort of series of events that led to me picking up the sticks and. So when I started playing, it was with uh, my, well, at the time I didn't know her, but became my best friend, Cherise Osei, who mm-hmm. is a professional drummer also now. And uh, we met in that drum club on that day. But even the paths leading to that point, you know, when you finish primary school and you have options to go to different secondary schools, and I had a couple of options at different schools, so did she, but we both happened to choose the same school for whatever reason. We both happened to go to this drum club take up that one moment where you just go okay I'll try that and I often think if I had chosen a different school or if I had just said actually no I'm too shy to go do that or I don't want to my life would be so different and I I don't know where I'd be but I don't think I would like where I would be right now if it wasn't for the drum so I'm I'm eternally grateful for that moment and then subsequent moments where you have those they're like just little nuggets of like inspiration or support or someone seeing something in you and and just affirmation almost I suppose and you know I I still remember things that happened literally the week after I joined drum club I overheard one of the teachers talking about how it had been and them specifically mentioning me and Charisse and Mm -hmm. saying yeah they've got something actually like that that's different and I was like oh my god I wasn't meant to hear this but I was like oh my god I could I I feel I could be good at this someone else is seeing that that's amazing to me and then and then down the line things still happen to me that I go you know oh maybe I am doing the right thing you know by just those little moments of maybe when you doubt yourself or whatever I think they're so important and I equally try and give those to other people also if I see something in someone I have no worries about just being like look there's something there if you pursue it brilliant like no pressure or anything like mm. oh, you must do this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I it's think it's great important. it is yeah i think you're right i think it's important to pass those things on those like serendipitous moments and those i sometimes call them film moments where if it happened in a film you'd go oh that wouldn't happen in real yeah. life but then it's actually happened in your life and you're going wow i can't believe those two things have aligned and then it's that's so led to true. something um further on yeah so you grew up with Charisse, um uh, going in the same schools and your sort of career trajectories have like gone together from those early days haven't they yeah pretty much so we we started out like I say in this drum club and then we would go into school an hour before school an hour at lunch an hour after school and we would just practice and practice and practice and be like just bouncing off each other ideas and you know different music that we that we'd heard we'd both been brought up on quite different styles of music so we sort of would educate each other on that and um and and it just kind of went from there and like you say and then we sort of started having our own journeys which was a terrifying thing at the at the time because we were literally known as the girls we were joined at the hip essentially <laughs> and to have to go out and be our own entity was quite a Uh, not a shocking thing but it was hard and it was just like oh my gosh and of course you know we would be on the other end of a phone if we needed support but to be known as just Emily Dolan Davis just Sharita Fusa Se was just like okay yeah all right we're not the girls anymore this is weird all Mm. right cool let's let's do this or maybe you're still the girls but you're like (laughs) you're not so physically close but I guess you still retain that 
you know, closeness. And maybe oh, when yeah. things went really well, you could talk to each other about it. Oh, when things totally. went really badly, you could phone each other up. And yeah. must have been amazing, really, sort of having this dual experience, almost like sisterly Oh, experience. absolutely, yeah. We often say we're sisters from another mister, but and our <laughs> families are certainly like each other's families. And just to have that support, I think, is difficult for anyone picking up any instrument at any time, especially in school. I mean, of all times to be doing something not normal, whatever normal means, mm -hmm. you know, we were prime targets for like kids just being like, oh, what are you trying to be a drummer? What are you, a bloke? Just, you know, mm. kids are mean. It, it happens. Um, but to have someone there next to you to be like, look, it's OK it's going to be fine, we're doing this, it's going to be awesome, like, we'll show them sort of thing, and that's what we were for each other. When one was down, the other one would be there to pick pick them up and just be like, we're doing this, and mm. we kind of have. <laughs> nice, yeah. I, the first person I interviewed, Cheryl Panero, she's a, she was a, she's a bassist. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the first thing her dad said to her when she was like, I want to play bass, he was like, oh, no, that's for a boy. You don't want to be playing bass. Look at the size of your hands. You're not going to be able to play bass. Do you want to know and what my dad said to me? He said, that? well, if you want to play the drums, you better learn to hit them hard because no one's going to take you seriously if you don't. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, But she yeah. just went, did she, was she just like, nope. I think that just propelled her further into it, just like, I'm going to defy all these things. Yeah. And I think every, we've all, I've certainly experienced, you know, sort of like, people saying I'm feminine or in doing something you know we've yeah. all experienced something and, and like yeah those people can actually help you propel you towards I think towards if you greatness. can if you yeah totally I think if you can turn around those sorts of comments and use them as fuel if you can like teach yourself a way to do that that is just the most invaluable thing and it's something that for years I wasn't able to do like before I started playing drums I mean we were talking earlier I used to play a lot of football when I was a kid I used to want that was what I wanted to do mm -hmm. and equally I would get similar sort of like comments oh you're such a tomboy and that young I just didn't know what to do I was like oh my god I, I don't know how to turn this around and I just didn't know how to use it to my advantage mm -hmm. whereas you know I remember distinctly one kid saying to me, oh, what, do you think you're going to be on top of the pops or something? And I was just <laughs> like, yeah, actually, well, now I am because you just said that. Unfortunately, top of the pops finished before I could kind of get there, but, mm. you know, equivalent of or whatever. The so. equivalent of, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I remember being, yeah, playing a gig one time and someone, and we were just in a pub somewhere in Cardiff. And someone was like, oh, you're never going to make it to the band. And our lead singer just gave this guy such an amazing load of abuse. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, that guy was silent. Like, oh, he was silent. Brilliant. Like, he was just, sort of, just some random in a pub who was just maybe putting everyone down around yeah. him. You know, those people are just... It often says more about them than it does about it, 100%, you. A hundred percent, isn't it? It's their As well, if you keep of, that, yeah. If you definitely. keep that in your head, it kind of takes makes it easier to take. And it's just like actually for you to say that to sometimes a complete stranger there must be something that you're very unhappy about and actually not I feel sorry for you but I hope you get that sorted exactly life can be good do you know what I mean if you just I don't know if you just look at it right and and do the right things exactly exactly that's so cool and yeah you have you have projected into the stratosphere um, <laughs> I love that because from the outside it might seem like that but I still don't feel like that I'm just like I'm just still some idiot that's trying stuff and hoping uh, for the best and I'm getting to hit things uh for a living and no one's stopped me yet so that's yeah, awesome no I'm just gonna have to keep going <laughs> no one's physically pulled me away exactly me to stop that 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 
that's brilliant because that is exactly how I feel at the moment about my career and about my sort of involvement in the music industry. It's like, I, I don't know anything. I yeah. just, the more I go on, the more the less I'm like confident about yeah. my skills. I'm like, what do I actually do? Yeah. You know? But you know what? So. I feel like at least 99% of every musician I've ever spoken to feels pretty much the same way. And mm-hmm. even if they say they're not... They probably are. They're just trying to put on a bit of a front about it. But we're all we're all emotional, very vulnerable humans. I mean, just humans generally are. But, you know, creatives are incredibly vulnerable yeah, to those absolutely. kinds of feelings of like, um, am I getting away with this? I think I'm getting away with this. This is someone's going to catch me. Mm, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, you're not alone feeling like that. I feel like that all the time, literally every day. I'm really? Like, oh, God, yeah. But I just think, <laughs> okay... But maybe I'll just try this thing and, you know, maybe if, say, someone did see me doing something, um, putting out a video of me drumming, whatever, if they go, oh, she's not even that good, I'm better than her, I could do that, my response to that is, great, do it. Brilliant. Like, if that inspires you in such a way, then I've done my job because that's what I love. I love to be able to make people feel like they can do what they want to do. Because you can, you know what I mean? I'm living proof. I'm just some some girl from North London. That's it. And mm. I just fell in love with something and went with it and just be- became obsessed, obviously. But, you know, <laughs> it's it's sort of led here and, and I'm very happy about that. Brilliant. Yeah, and you are an amazing drummer. You know, oh, the people that you've worked shit. with is, um, yeah, I mean, Brian Ferry, you've worked with The Darkness, tricky lots of huge people that you know they must reinforce the idea that you're pretty bloody good See, at playing you, the drums you'd think it would wouldn't you <laughs> <laughs> it's just one yeah I mean I guess I do look back and I, I know how incredibly lucky I am um, and, and sometimes I do need to sit myself down and go right Emily stop feeling all like insecure look at the evidence you've been doing this long enough and with enough people that you must be at least a little bit okay and I can live with that mm. I'm like alright a little bit okay but it's also nice knowing that you can always be better and, exactly. and striving for that is <clears throat> amazing and, and to do something that is boundless because music is, you know, there's no end goal. In fact, I'll tell you a funny story. So someone I went to school with, uh, I hadn't seen for about, I don't know, 10 years or something. I ran into him and he play, he'd started playing bass when I'd last seen him. And I, I was like, oh, how are you doing? Like, are you still playing bass? Like, what are you up to? What are you learning uh, at the moment? And he said, yeah, yeah, my bass play is going really well, actually. Yeah, I learned it all. And I was like, what? Oh, oh God. Oh, no. Oh, OK. I had to leave. I was like, OK, well, look, it's lovely to see you. I've got to run. I was just I can't even enter into this conversation. You've learned it all. What do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? That's just... what I was going to say about the you know um, really successful people is there all, there's always space to learn there's always like a growing yeah. a growth happening isn't there um, even with the biggest producers that I've worked with that they're, they're passing on knowledge at all times they're making sure you're growing nurturing you but they're also learning themselves they're keeping up to date with the latest trends and stuff Absolutely. so to come along and say like yeah hundred percent complete yeah I completed Finished. the game. <laughs> Okay. No cheats. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even have to use any cheat codes. Oh my god, so funny. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that's an interesting attitude, isn't it? Yeah. To be like, oh, it's a closed, closed book now. That's that's done. Yeah. But yeah, the people who are really successful are always growing Just and striving. I think yeah, you mentioned there's a few things you mentioned that sort of um, sort of quite philosophical things really, but like um, 
uh, like life, where is it about life? <laughs> continual, we're in a continual state of change, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Like all the time. Constantly. And it, that's a, it can be a beautiful thing, it can be devastating, but at any one time, even if it is devastating and you're going through a rough time, it's you can have solace in that this is going to change too. And equally, when you're in a real high or in a great place, you know, to really appreciate that moment, because it will change. Not to say that everything will fall apart, but, you know... I've had my fair share of really dark times and I'm in such an amazing headspace at the moment and part of that is from remembering how I did feel before and just really appreciating and enjoying the like place in my life that I am right now mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that I'd never go back to the other place who knows it's life I could get hit by a bus today so that and that would be that but the point is I think you need that contrast unfortunately unfortunately if yeah, that makes sense absolutely. um and although as i say it can be devastating with obviously some horrendous consequences in some people's cases uh it can also be a strange kind of silver lining point of reference definitely i think you harness the power of those those dark times like uh the the example i always say to people is like djing so i've djed to literally an empty room (laughs) i've played to an empty room room in a club and there's literally (laughs) just me and no one listening to the records that i think are like really amazing (laughs) but then conversely like maybe you know six months down the line i've been playing in a main room and had like everyone going for it and drawn from that fuck you know I remember that time when there was no one dancing look what's happened now so yeah you you draw yeah I think you're right you need to have those dynamics in order to to appreciate feel it and appreciate yeah appreciate where you are and it's funny there's two things that you said that struck a chord with me when you said about you know if you imagine your life as a film it's those moments where the room is empty that I just think this is going to be one of those moments that I go, ah, yes, I'm playing in front of, I don't know, 10,000 people. Aha! But last week I was playing to three people (laughs) in a club and it was the bar staff, so they weren't even paying to be there. And Mm. often the times that I feel the luckiest, which probably sounds bizarre, is when I'm playing to a room full of nobody. And I can, again, there's moments that I can pinpoint particular gigs there was a gig in Hammersmith called The Puzzle and it was literally like three or four people and they were very drunk and it was like three in the afternoon on a Sunday and I just was sitting there playing and I was going do you know what I'm so lucky I get to do this yes there's only three or four people here but do you know what they're having a great time and we're as a band creating we are creating that for them mm. i don't care that it's only four people i care that those four people care yeah do you know what i and mean you're making that connection exactly Absolutely. making yeah, that yeah, connection yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and weirdly that was my um early experience of really understanding about how to make a crowd move with the way that you play and energy and stuff like that and my theory was if i can make these four people move then that will translate because things, you know, people catch on to stuff like that. So Definitely. all you got to get is four people moving in a crowd and soon that'll emanate and it becomes a thousand, ten thousand people moving. Um, I don't know if there's any science behind that. I don't know if there's any logic behind that, but it's just where my head went. And, and I thought, right, great. This is the beginning of that. And, yeah. and whether it happened by chance but that is certainly when I started learning about how to sort of bring energy to a crowd and an experience and yeah so it was a good thing but like I say I can pinpoint that time that that happened and it was because there was no one in the room <laughs> <laughs> but awesome that you sort of used that as um 
a uh, like a learning experience and like focusing your energy on okay I can do something let's try and you know make uh, something yeah let's make something happen here that can probably be transferable to when there's loads of people that's exactly. a really that's a really great way of looking at it I'm a sucker very... for a challenge even if it's my own personal challenge I'm just like right in the same way we said about turning around negative comments into fuel mm-hmm. it's just like okay, how can I make the best of this? Because I could easily look at it and go, this is the worst thing ever, this is rubbish, why am I here? Or it can be like, cool, all right, what can I do to grow here? What can I do to make this better or the best it can be? And I try try to bring that to every situation I can, especially if I catch myself feeling a bit negative about a situation, I'll be like, oh, no, 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 switch that around because that doesn't help anyone. Yeah, I think you can always do that. You can always turn around. Like, um, for example, in moments, I was what I was listening to um, sort of a, um, a speaker talking about um, when there's moments in your life where you where like people aren't calling you up and you're at home by yourself and you think what's going on in the world. And he's like, that moment has been chosen for you to focus on yourself. Yeah, you know, and to learn to like love yourself and spend yes. time with yourself and appreciate it that moment's been selected for that to happen so use that time and you, and yeah like you said earlier like you know that's that's a transient moment that 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 will change you know there'll be it will be it will get better yeah but you can use those really bad moments as like you know yeah like a, a time to grow and to fo- maybe maybe look yeah focus on yourself a little bit and, yeah and have you know yeah, can like, i just say i wish i'd have heard that like 10 years ago because <laughs> especially this time of year january um because nobody really works in the music industry in January. Not really. Like, you don't really go on tours in January, apart from maybe Australia. But it's mm-hmm. just, um, it was always a very quiet time of the year. And it always just made me so uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, my God, like, that's it. My career's over. Nobody's calling. Uh, well, that's the end of that. But if I'd have looked at it like that back in the day and just been like, okay, this is time for me to relax or recoup or to, you know, like you say, grow in other ways and look at myself, that would have been a lot more beneficial. So I wish I'd have heard that. (laughs) That would have helped me. Yeah, oh, good. That's good. It really helped me. I only heard it a few weeks ago. I was like, wow, yeah, that really makes sense. Like the universe has chosen this moment for me to focus on myself because I can't control it when everyone's calling me. I've got loads of stuff to do. Can't control that. So let's enjoy this one. Yeah. Um, I think that's it, sort of um, releasing control. Because, I mean, I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a control freak. I find a lot of musicians, creatives, generally are, for whatever reason, we're quite, can be quite controlling when it comes to our instrument or our craft or whatever. So to be able to relinquish control when it comes to, like, the universe opening up situations for you and just going, look, this thing is going to happen or whatever, but let's just go with it and make the best of it. And if that is, my diary is empty for a month. Now I'm like, oh, that's amazing. That's just the best thing ever. So for me, it means I can concentrate on studio stuff or getting some skills together that I've been wanting to do or, you know, there's there's any number of things that, that I could be working on at one time. hardest things I've had to do but one of the most empowering things recently is like allowing myself to say no to projects or to Mm -hmm. possible situations and before like growing up I just said yes to everything like it was just the way it was it was you know 
and it, and it was the right thing to do at the time, absolutely, because it was just about getting my name out there, playing with as many people as I could so that I could do this professionally and just create a, a, a base of people, musicians that I knew and had played with. Whereas now it's kind of like having, I feel like I have choice, which is a wonderful thing, but it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard when you have choice and it's like... You know, it's not about making the right decision because I don't believe that the right decision exists. I, I believe you make it the right de- right decision by what you decide. Mm-hmm. But um, it can be quite challenging, and especially if you're potentially letting down other people. I struggle with that massively. Like, yeah. if I feel like I'm letting someone down, it's just like that is one of the worst things because I, I do try and pride myself on being reliable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hopefully. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a funny thing how things change like that. Yeah, I think I think you're exact. You're right. Um, <clears throat> like I agree in terms of um, being able to turn things down and turn projects down or turn down offers. Like I think, yeah, when when you're young, you just got to go. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. And, and basically take yourself and your own like I don't know headspace out of the equation go, oh, yeah. oh yeah I'll do that yeah I'll do that yeah, yeah, and then deal with it that's it say yes <laughs> yeah, deal with it later <laughs> it's nice to be able to look at projects and go I don't have the time for that I would really love to perhaps perhaps another time yeah it's kind of questioning is this the best thing for me which yeah. it, you know it's definitely a shift in in how you're thinking about it. well for me it was definitely a shift because you know, my well-being, my health, mental health and physical health was the last thing on my list. Um, same with like personal relationships. Last thing on my list. It was like, I just want to be out there playing music. That's it. Everything else is secondary. Mm. But consequently, that meant that, you know, I would get sick and, you know, I would be completely burnt out, which ironically would mean that I wouldn't do probably as good a job as I could on the things I was doing. Yeah, and I certainly wasn't thing, concentrating on them. And I wasn't, you know, it wasn't about being in this moment right now you know whatever it was in this rehearsal right now with these three other people it wasn't about that it was clock watching until right well this rehearsal is going to be over in three hours and then I've got to get in my car and then I've got to go and pick up my drums then I've got to go and play a gig and then at the gig only half an hour left and then I get to go home and it was just like this perpetual thing of the next the next the next and not actually appreciating what was happening right then and there and those moments did come occasionally when I was just like oh no that you know in the empty room situation where I was like I'm really lucky to be doing this but of course you know what a strange time to suddenly be in the moment (laughs) and uh, but you know now I really try and give myself space to be able to enjoy everything that I do and you know I I don't overcrowd my head my diary my life I try and just you know allow myself to have that time and that space and I think that's such a massive thing to allow yourself that because we all feel we should be doing more all the time definitely and definitely. I'm like that and there's but... a, yeah there's a lot of pressure in the modern world to keep up with stuff and do do lots of things and yeah. um, I, I, I was listening to someone talk uh, the other day on the radio about how we've, we've got we've definitely got more free time than people like say in the Victorian times yeah. but we all feel like we've we're really busy all the time and, yeah. we, and we actually feel like we've got barely no free time because you can access work emails That's lying it. in bed at 11 30 at night yeah. you can yeah so it's it's an interesting time so um it's a, it's a blessing and a curse <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's good definitely good to be to be able to say no to things and and therefore make 
give your all to the projects that require your focus yeah. and need your focus. That's it. For sure. At least what I try. I mean, you know, <laughs> nobody's perfect. I certainly am not. So. Oh, God, no. And everything. Yeah, we're still, I mean, we'll never get it all right. Um, no. We never get it all right. You but, can, but try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You said that sort of playing the drums is like sort of heals you and has like a meditative element. Yeah. Did you find that from, from the beginning? Is that what drew you to it? Um, I think at the beginning, no. <laughs> at the beginning, it was the challenge of it. And like, as I said, when I very first started, every day was just this new thing that I couldn't do and then I could do it. And it was like this perpetual state of wonderment and, and overcoming uh, like obstacles and just, oh, yeah, I can't quite do that. Oh, and now I can. And, you know, it was just amazing, this amazing period of time, mm-hmm. which then became sort of like, uh, OK, I can play to a level. And then it was, OK, I want to do this professionally. And it became something different. But more recently, it's funny. So that meditative thing, the first time I heard about that, uh, someone speaking about it because I'd never heard about it before was this uh, from this drummer called Andy Newmark he played with Brian Ferry for years he used, also used to play with Sly and the Family Stone he's an incredible incredible drummer and I saw him in a clinic maybe da, 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 15 years ago something like that and it, all his clinic was and I love him for this was just him playing grooves mm-hmm. and to do that in front of a room full of drummers <laughs> is pretty amazing and takes a lot of guts and I was just instantly I love this guy. He is my hero. So he was just playing these grooves just unbelievably. And he started talking about, you know, actually, I feel like this is very, like, this heals me. If I'm feeling bad or whatever, I'll just come and I'll play and it will be, everything will be a little bit better after I've done that. And I, at the time, I was like, that's a nice idea, whatever, kind of forgot about it. And then more recently, I kind of understand it now because you kind of, I don't really know how to explain it, but I guess it's because you're doing something that is so second nature to you now that you can just let go and just be in that moment or or not, or just, you know, let your mind wander or whatever it needs to be. But just it's almost like a centering thing, like no matter what's going on, all the madness. And actually, I've had this for probably the whole of my drumming life. You know, as we were saying before, things happen in life. There, chaos ensues. You don't know what's going on. But the one thing that always remained constant were the drums for me. And I knew that no matter what was happening, I could come back to the drums and I knew where I was at. And that was because, and it made sense to me. That was the other thing. I put in the work and I saw results. And it was just logical. There was no outside influence that kind of would change anything. It was just constant. So mm-hmm. I would always come back to the drums whenever I was feeling, you know, in school, getting bullied, a oh, nightmare. All right, well, I'm going to go practice. And I would instantly feel better because it was like, actually, this is what's important to me. And this makes sense. And therefore, I'm sticking to this because of that. And um, like I say, it still feels like that now. It's kind of like, right you know, I get overwhelmed still, you know, I do say, say yes to too many projects sometimes, <laughs> but I just think, okay, but if I can come back to this and it's good to me as it always has been, um, then everything will be fine. And like I say, like it's, it's ridiculous, silly moments in gigs, in pubs where I literally look at my drums and I start welling up because I'm like, <laughs> we've been through so much together. Oh, well, thank you for being there for me. You know, that's sort of, it's silly, but it's, it's just, it's such a powerful 
pull for me and and a constant in a world of madness that's constantly changing and it just mm. makes me be able to deal with it to be honest to deal with life and and to be able to have that thing to come back to if that makes sense yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah you must have an incredibly strong bond uh to your drums yeah i think also the the time taken to set up and to get everything exactly right like you said about having a bit of ocd about getting it all right like all of that is you know, a guitarist just sort of opens the box, picks the guitar up, plugs it in, right, tunes up, maybe. But you really have to refine your setup, and it has to be. You know, I've seen drummers like literally moving things like two millimeters yeah. to be. No, that's not right. Yeah, I can it has feel to that's be not right. Quite exact. I try to yeah. be quite. Uh, I say I try to be quite relaxed with positioning and stuff. I am to compared to some drummers. I'm not compared to others, but. I also do like to bring a little bit of the chaos element to my playing in that I will set things up roughly and as long as I can reach everything and it's not hurting me physically, I'm like, cool, this is how I'm going to play today and it will make me play slightly differently, which sometimes is good, sometimes it's not good at all and I'm halfway through a gig and I'm like, why did I not just, yeah, why did I not just move it like (laughs) two millimetres to the left and I'd be able to play this more naturally, but... Um, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a funny thing. That's cool. That's quite that's nice, isn't it? Because you're you're sort of making a slightly changeable experience for yourself. Exactly. That, that means you could probably sit down on any kit, and as long as it's vaguely in the right place. Exactly. Uh, I, I try to be it. like that. Like I said before, I don't know anything about drums really. I'm, no, I'm um, very that much. That makes me happy. There's the big one there. There's, yep. there's, there's the shiny ones. And there's the others. <laughs> yep. That's they all make a noise. That's know. all that matters. <laughs> That's all I care about. Does it make a noise when I hit it? Yes. Great. I'm in. Mm. So don't you worry. I'm, like I said to you before, I'm quite happy that you don't know a lot about drums because you might start talking to me about ply of shells and stuff and i'll be sitting there going i have no idea i just i just bought it because i like the sound of it (laughs) it's big and round yeah it makes a sound and has has your kit like has your kit changed over the years how's it how's the kit evolved for you do you know what it's it's that's interesting you ask uh my kit setup has not really changed since i mean when i first very first started it was a very uh standard two uh rack toms one floor tom the kit that i've got in the room with us now has got only one rack tom and one floor tom so there would be another one next to there uh which is a very standard sort of when you're starting out uh to learn on and then uh i decided to get rid of one of the toms because i i i've always had this thing of less is more i think Mm. the drummers that always impressed me were the ones that didn't have much but made it sound incredible uh also it meant that the ride could be so that big symbol on the on our left there uh is so that that could be in a nice place so it didn't hurt me because i had a lot of shoulder problems when i was younger that they would just seize up and i wouldn't be able to play it was an absolute nightmare and i still have slight issues with it if it's not in the right sort of place so that sort of thing i won't sort of mess with too much Mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that I'm relaxed when I'm playing but aside from that it hasn't really changed the only thing that changes is dependent on the gig that I'm playing so for instance with Kim Wilde at the moment I have quite a lot of electronics because it's a double drummer gig so there's uh, Johnny Atkinson who has been with her for the last 15 years so he's like the main drummer the mainstay he has a kit similar to what I have Uh, and then I sort of like came into the equation a couple of years ago and bought a lot of the electronic elements and the percussive elements to it so I still have the two toms but instead of a snare drum I have an electronic snare and then I have extra pads dotted around the place so depending on the gig but 
the mainstay of the kit is always the same for me because it just makes me feel comfortable and then mm-hmm. I know where I'm at and then anything else supplemented is kind of like, oh, okay, well, this is fun. Like a little extra thing here, a little extra thing there. But I, nice. I'm definitely a, a person of habit. I, I, I'm quite habitual just generally in life, actually. So it mm. makes sense that I wouldn't change my kit around too much. I wouldn't know where to hit. I'd just be <laughs> like, what is this extra thing over here? What's, you know, so I don't like to confuse myself too yeah. much. You know, life doesn't need to be as complicated as all that sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> I think, yeah, definitely keeping things simple in, in like most of the things <clears throat> in life is a, is a good way to do it, like limiting yourself yeah. in some way. But yeah, I did want to ask you about the two drummers thing. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a really funny one, isn't it? Uh, I saw a band called the OCs. Do you know the OCs? No, I don't. Great, really, really amazing uh, rock band. Oh, amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, they had two drummers. And like, yeah, the I mean, the sound of it was just, it was phenomenal. Like, But also the sort of the synchronised element to playing the two beats is it's quite a captivating thing. I think the way that they were set up was that the two drummers were like slap bang in the middle yeah. with like uh, guitar and bass either side. Oh, nice. So it was like uh, symmetry, but it was almost like the centre stage really was the, the, the fact there were two drummers. Yeah. So yeah, how do you approach that? Well, it's, it's so weirdly... I don't know why, but I've been in a f- quite a few bands with two drummers for some reason. So the first one I was in was a band called The Hours, who uh, we did stuff in, well, I did stuff with them in 2008, 2009. And that was a double drummer thing. But I was stood up, but with toms and stuff. So it wasn't, it, it looked like a percussionist role, but it was with a kit. So that was quite weird. Uh, mm-hmm. But luckily, a lot of the tracks uh, on their albums had uh, double track drums anyway. So there were parts to play with things like the Kim Wilde thing, because it's a lot of 80s stuff. There's a lot of electronic sounds, percussion, stuff like that. So basically, Johnny, who, as I said, had been there for 15 years, basically said to me, well, because he's similar to me, he loves just playing grooves and like just getting into it. And I mean, for me and him, that is the goldmine. Just being able to sit on a groove for a whole song is perfect. And he just said to me, well, why don't you take all those electronic things and you can just take all the fills as well. And then I can just sit and play time. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. So I just came in and picked up all the bits that weren't being played because he couldn't physically play them or uh, the bits that he was like, I don't want to play that. Do you want to play that? I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll play that. So, you know, it's quite a, it was a very fluid process. I mean, he's a very good friend of mine anyway. We've known each other for a good 10, over 10 years. Um, and I'm sure that in some situations it might be difficult if you're dealing with a drummer who's maybe a bit insecure or has a bit of an ego or whatever. That can be quite difficult because then you feel like you're fighting the person to just, you know, and for me... I'm not a fighter. I'm like, look, if you want to be centre stage and I'm your, like, backup or whatever, that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. You know, that's fine. But Johnny, me and Johnny are just like, if anything, we're trying to make each other play more. <laughs> it's you like, move your kit forward. Yeah, yeah, no, it really is like that. It's like, well, could you, could you, you know, we'll be in the middle of songs on stage playing and like there's particular parts of the set where we haven't quite solidified who's playing what, like fills wise, and it will just be like both of us shouting at each other going, you play this one, no, go on, you do it. And, oh, I don't want to do it, no, go on, do it. And like the, the other one will play a fill and, and like I'll be like, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and just like screaming at each other. I mean, it's it's such a fun gig to do. It's so much fun. And we'd done, uh, we'd played with Howard Jones as well uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years prior. That was more of, for me, uh, more of a, well, it was fully electronic 
but it was more of a percussive sub and then like using Simmons pads and things like that. Mm, nice. But that was me basically jumping around. I was a glorified hype man that played some percussion, but it was just jumping around and energy. It was so much fun. And then uh, Johnny was on this massive electronic kit rig and it yeah, some really great shows there as well. So it's just bringing Amazing. the fun to it as well, I think, and the energy. And it's you realise that it's not always just about the drumming especially on a live show it's different maybe in the studio because you know you are literally tracking drums they're not there to see you track drums it's the end result it's the end product it's just that Mm -hmm. but on stage there's so much more than just the playing that goes into it and I think if you sort of like realize that and embrace that if you want to embrace it because some people don't and that's totally fine, like each to their own. But if it's something that you can embrace and start to enjoy, which is what I started doing, especially with Howard, uh, because before I'd be very reluctant to play a gig on percussion. It's my own hang up. I just have this thing about, I am a drummer. I am not a percussionist. <laughs> and it stems from when I was very young. But with that, I was like, do you know what? Actually, I think it would be fun. And that kind of overrode any insecurity that I had. And I was just like, no, this is going to be great. And it was. And it was so much fun. I mean, I had people coming mm. up to me after shows going, oh, I really loved your toy drum kit. They thought it was a toy. And I was just like, do you know what? I don't care. I'm having such a laugh with these people. And the songs are great. The people are brilliant. Like what? And the audiences were amazing. So you kind of, you can't lose really. Yeah. And it's all in the same ballpark. I, you yeah, know, it's, it's all hitting same, things with sticks. It's all hitting things, making loud noises. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, I forgot what I was going to say again. Uh, oh, that was life. it. The drumming fraternity. Yeah. So you, you talked about having like a really good friendship uh, uh, with was it Andy? You said uh, Johnny. Johnny. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah. With Johnny. So yeah, you said about the the, the drumming fraternity is an interesting one, isn't it? Because yeah. you're people are very support. Drummers are very supportive of each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Being like the foundation of the band or being like the root of, of the sound. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think? So in terms of, well, first of all, the drumming fraternity, the drumming community is like the best thing on the planet. They've like the drumming community as a whole. And when I say that, I'm talking about thousands of drummers probably have been such an amazing support. Uh, to me, to Cherise, to everyone that I know, to each other. You know, it's just like this really big, dysfunctional, crazy family. And I always joke that, you know, drummers love each other because no one else wants to be their friends. But we genuinely love each other. Like, we, you see any drummer anywhere in the world, even if you don't know them, and you could happily just go up and throw your arms around them and be like, we're family because we're both drummers. Mm. I mean, it's 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 a very strange and wonderful bond that I don't think not that I've seen I don't think guitarists have it with each other I don't think bass players maybe bass players but yeah drummers just in fact so we were talking earlier in the car but uh so I was saying to you about meeting Taylor Hawkins right I met him very recently and I I kind of freaked out slightly and I didn't anticipate that happening but Mm. I hadn't spoken to him I was like I'm feeling weird about this this is weird and then I just thought right I'm gonna like we both play the same symbol company so I just thought right if I happen to run into him for a conversation let me lead with hey we're both Zildjian family <laughs> and I did literally that because I was so for some reason freaked out um 
and instantly he was like, hey, how you doing? And we had just the loveliest conversation and it was off the back of, I'm a drummer, you're a drummer, cool, that means we're family. And it's just, it's just brilliant. And, and that is something that, that has been a mainstay throughout since I was 13 years old and went to my first drum show with Sharice and we went around as the girls and, mm. and just accosted everybody <laughs> and just said, we want to do this professionally, how do we do it? And everyone, without exception, was so open and, and just wanting to help and maybe could see that same spark that they had as a kid uh, wanting to do it and just wanted to help. And, you know, to this day, I still email drummers if I'm sort of like feeling a bit weird or if I need some help with something, I will absolutely email them. Oh, <laughs> I'm freaking out. And they'll be like, totally normal. It's fine. I went through that. It's cool. And just to know that and know that you have that support is amazing. So that's amazing. Really and I think it's quite, it's a rare thing. Yeah. Uh, it sort of reminds me a little bit of, you know, when people have got like mini, they've got minis and they like wave to the people in minis yeah. going past. It's a little bit like that, isn't it? Totally. Like, it's so similar. You, you're like you've got that connection. Me, I don't know whether it's from the knowledge that um, you've you've had to go to gigs in pubs and set up your kit yeah. and take it down That's and put it in the say. car. Like you've all had, you, you're sharing the fact that, I know what you've had to do. Exactly. And I know what you've had to do. I think I've that's had to it. do that too, even though I'm like, you know, even though maybe one, yes. We've all that taken shared. that same experience because, as you say, like, we've all been there packing down your kit at three in the morning and then driving for four hours to get home, loading it out, going to bed for a couple of hours, getting in the car and going to another gig. And it's like this unspoken respect for each other it's just like wow you're as crazy as I am yeah you love this as much as I do cool like I'm here for you yeah and yeah, yeah, like yeah. you say I think I, I hadn't thought of it like that actually until you just said that but I think there is this sort of like unwritten sort of rule or code or I don't know just like understanding that yes we're all a bit mad here but <laughs> We love each other, so it's it's fine. And yeah, I honestly feel bad. I play in a band, and I I play keys, and sometimes keys I'm is just hard playing though. Like, no, well, sometimes I'm just playing one or two notes with like a single. Yeah, no, but I'm not keys are heavy. High tech. Keys are heavy to lift. Oh my god, sweating. Oh, just like yeah, but okay. Around, and I'm not going. Okay, but let's talk about that, right? So let's let's think about it in a different way. Drummers. There's a drum I hit it, I know what sound comes out. We were talking earlier about synths. Mm. Synths scare the bejesus out of me because you have so many knobs and stuff to twiddle that like create all these crazy sounds and you seem to know what each one of those knobs do. I look at a synth, it can be probably a really simple synth to you. Mm. To me, I'm like, nope, not even touching it, don't even understand it. And maybe once in a blue moon, I'll feel brave and go, all right, let me just see what this does. And instantly I'm like, doesn't make sense. Like that, moving that, I don't, It. it there's no physical relation to mm. me to what happens. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I yeah. can't get my head around it in a similar way to with me with guitar. I couldn't understand that. And obviously that's a much lower level of that sort of like, I don't know if it's multiple input sensory overload or I don't know what it is for me, but it just doesn't work. So I have massive respect for all the, forget about on stage that you're saying. What about all the hours and hours of programming and creating sounds and all of that? The amount of respect that I have you have for you for doing that is beyond. So, yeah, you know, well, we all have yeah. our time that goes into what we do. It's just in different ways. Also, Definitely. keys are heavy to lift. 
Keyboards are heavy. <laughs> oh, MIDI control. Well, if you've got a synth and a MIDI control, oh, okay, that's slightly different. Then. <laughs> no, I, I, well, thank you for that. I do. Yeah, I think you're right, and maybe I hadn't quite thought about like the hours, weeks months years exactly. spent learning what's going on and i think maybe that's what drove me to learn synths is exactly what you had when you look at it and go oh my god what does it do and you press one key or do something you go oh that sounds terrible yeah <laughs> that sounds absolutely yeah. terrible i hope nobody heard it, and you, someone's heard it you're like oh goodbye so, yeah, so i think yeah i think it's the um the desire to I want to make that sound good. Yeah, or, or good. you have a sound in your head. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, so uh, I was just in rehearsals recently and there were two keys players who are both exceptional musicians, like exceptional. And and the way that they would just manipulate sounds like it was absolutely nothing. I was just sat there like, I'm kind of in awe of you guys, but I kind of need to like keep myself together because I might get a bit gushy, mm-hmm. which I totally did. And I'm sure I freaked them out, but I don't care. And they, they even play these games where they're like, right, one of the other band members has to say a random sound that they have to try and create. Wow, like the sound cool. of, I don't know, scissors cutting. Or I don't know, something around. I wasn't very good at it. I was new to the situation. So I was like, guys, I'm going to have to sit back and watch you do it because I don't understand. I think I came in with didgeridoo once, which went down well. and they But they were just both like these mad scientists. And then they were... <laughs> and I was like, my God. Like that's... Oh, I loved it. It's so interesting to watch people work. Like yeah. it's amazing. Have you ever done stuff with? Have you ever played like hang drum or anything like that? No, That's a, I like a, haven't. A crossover between the percussive and melodic. Yeah, stuff? no, I haven't. I would love to, but the opportunity just hasn't come up yet. But I'm sure that at some point it will. But again, as soon as melody gets involved, I kind of freak out a little bit. It's like when I know people that are trained in tuned percussion, instantly I'm like, oh god, oh god, <laughs> no! Like you're like a super being. I can't have a conversation with you. So yeah, it's it's a really it's a funny thing, uh, melody. Just just freaks me out, which is funny because I love I love songs. Songs is my thing. Like I just forget about the drums. I love playing songs. It's um yeah, so it's quite funny that anyone that knows about melody freaks me out slightly. <laughs> yeah. Well I think yeah, um definitely the same for me, you know, prior to looking at a keyboard and sort of learning the theory behind it, it does the like, oh god, what the hell? And, and you can make it sound terrible. Like, oh no, yeah. not doing that again. But the, the hang drum's good because it's all in key. It's you can't play a wrong note. See, that's so my kind of drum. And then if you've got, you know, if you've got rhythm, it can sound so beautiful. And it's obviously like velocity sensitive to how hard you hit it. Yeah, it's a really beautiful sound. Maybe I should get um, older one and just have a go. And honestly, I think you'd really love so wait, it. Wait, so technically, you would need more than one then to change keys. So would you need one in every key? Do I need to get another garage to store some hang drums? Is that what you're telling me? Get one, get one, and <laughs> get one, and see how you go. And then, um, but they just sound really beautiful and melodic, yeah. and yeah, I just I wanted to know whether it, it, it's similarly with electronic kits. I'm sure you could that could be triggering something melodic, and you could have yeah, that definitely. All but again, that's a very so strange weird, thing because yeah. even on the Kim thing, every every song is different. Therefore, every time I hit a pad, it's there's something different on it and I still struggle with remembering what I've programmed on which pad because to me it's a pad it should make a sound like one sound that's it Mm -hmm. and obviously it doesn't so 
yeah, there's there's something about this very Neanderthal way of just going, here is a drum, hit the drum, it will mm. sound like a drum. <laughs> so, and it's I like big that. drum. <laughs> yeah, that's literally the, the base level that I'm working at. So I still struggle slightly. I mean, struggle is a strong word. I sometimes need to think about what I'm about to hit and go, I sometimes have a split second of, oh God, is it on this pad? Or, you know, is this right? Um, 90% of the time I'm right. And when I'm not, I have Jonathan Atkinson basically laughing at me, which is mm-hmm. all good and fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. And I'm yeah. sure you're the only person that noticed, though you two people are the yeah. only one that even noticed that. Usually, happened. yeah. It's very rare when someone else does. And if they do, then it's like, hang my head in shame. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really admirable the way it's sort of rewinding a bit now Mm. but uh, it's really admirable in a way when you started out that you were um, eager to work with anyone and everyone whether it be paid or unpaid absolutely or even you said that you you were paying to do it I think that's such an amazing attitude to like to get where you want to be yeah. Um and you, you yeah, you mentioned the website Loot, which I'd totally forgotten about. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Loot was where I joined my very first ever band. So that was a heavy metal band called Primacy. I was fourteen and uh I I I I had no to me, as a fourteen year old, I thought it was perfectly natural for me to ring up a bunch of twenty five year olds or twenty three year olds and go, Yeah, can I come join your band? And um yeah, I just went down to this random audition with these guys and, and they were lovely and I didn't even know it was heavy metal music. I just was turned up and they said, should we just start playing? So I was like, yeah, and I'll play along. And so I did that and they were like, yeah, that was really good. Like, do, should we do another one? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, great. Like, I had no idea what I was doing, really. I was just playing. Um, but that that was the... I mean, to be fair, in school, I was still playing with everyone that I could. Uh, me and Sharice were, actually. We mm. were... so. We were very lucky that we had a very good music department who would put on uh, like shows for the school um, twice a year. Uh, and every single uh, act that was on that show, we would try and play with uh, equally with all the GCSE students and the A-level students. We would play if they needed a drummer, it would be like, we'll play for you. So we were already playing with a lot of people and doing a lot of different styles of music. Some people were doing Beatles stuff some people were doing Iranian music one guy was doing a sword dance so we had to do like something to go with that Um, and I guess we got used to playing with lots of different people and then just transferred it to out of school and the way that my so I'm so lucky to have the most supportive parents in the world but you know, they they both come from cr- quite creative backgrounds. Um, my mum wanted to be an artist, but that wasn't a, a thing back in the day. So she was a nurse, but she was always very artistic, uh, still is very artistic, actually. Mm-hmm. My dad, as I said, played guitar. He played in covers bands and whilst studying aeronautics <laughs> randomly. But he ended up, he again was told, well, you can't do that for a living, but ended up in the film industry and the uh, TV industry. So he well they both knew but my dad especially knew that you know there is going to be a period of time that you need to invest in what you're doing if you want to do this you're going to have to do it all the time and just it's not about the money you need to do it because you love it which he knew at the time and I didn't is that 
things will get hard. Things always get hard. And if you still want to be doing it when those times are tough, when you have no money in the bank, when you are literally scrounging around to pay your rent or even just to buy a bit of food, and I've been there multiple times, um, if you still at the end of that don't go, maybe I should just go work in Tesco's or whatever then you probably should be doing it. And I think that early lesson of like, no, you should not be taking on things to be paid. That is not how you see this. It needs to be for passion. You need to do it because you want to get better, because you want to be playing. That's it. That's the bottom line. And I'm still like that. It's just like, I just want to play. I, I love it so much. And I love playing music and I love playing with other musicians and I love meeting new people and you know all these things that come into it the fact that I get paid for it is like this incredible bonus that still I can't always get my head around the fact that I get to do this full time for a living is just incredible and I get to see amazing parts of the world but that was never the I mean it was the goal to have it be my living but from okay I started when I was 11 let's say from when I left school 18 to 21 definitely I wasn't paid for anything like not at all and Mm. I would just maybe I would get petrol money paid for to get to gigs or to rehearsals but Mm. that was in exceptional circumstances yeah well (laughs) yeah I didn't actually drink then either so I was I was such a cheap date it was great (laughs) and I was driving all the musicians to all the gigs so Mm. oh but again that helped with getting called for gigs it's like sometimes I just get called because I drove the bass player turn up off your face. Well, yeah, that's that too. <laughs> yeah, she won't be, yeah, off her head. But um, That's brilliant. Yeah, no, I think so that I think attitude is it. a really good one. Uh, yeah, to just be like, I'm going to get as much experience as I possibly can under my belt. Yeah. I'm going to do as many things as possible. And I like, I recently did a, a showcase for a music video that I made in a 3D programme, uh, oh, yeah. which I'd never done before, but it was really cool to be sort of showcasing my work over Amazing. six months. And um, yeah, someone came up to me and said, well, my daughter wants to do something like this, but um, she, she, I'm worried that she, you know, she's not going to get paid for, for oh, doing work. Yeah. And I was like, we well, you know, how old, how old is your daughter? She was like, oh, she's 17. And I was like, really? If she can, she doesn't need to be getting paid at the moment. What no. she really needs is experience. You know, she can do voluntary work in places yeah. that she's interested in. That's going to be That's really important. Uh, but yeah, this woman had a lot of focus on, yeah, but you know, she's got to pay her rent and she's yeah. got to, I was like, no, she's really just starting out. And had I, I said, had I been making this project to make money, it would have really changed the whole thing. Absolutely. I was making it in my free time yeah. with just my driver for like, wow, I could make like a 3D music video in yeah. a 3D program. This is going to be cool but if i'd gone like oh i need to make money from a 3d music video it would have totally changed it so yeah i was trying to i was trying to sort of pass on to this woman that creating a uh like a nurturing environment for her daughter to grow in without a pressure of going when are you going to get paid for this stuff it's so difficult that's more important isn't it It and that stuff will come it will the payment will come around like i left university 2006 and i didn't get a job in the industry, in the music industry, for 10 years. Yeah, see, that's what I believe. It takes a good 10 years of hard graft and experience before you start getting paid to a point, you know what I mean? And as my... So it's interesting you say about university. So when I... I agreed to do my A-levels with my parents. They said, look, just in case you lose a limb or something like that, like, could you you please just go (laughs) to A-levels? And I said, yeah, that's fair because they've been, like I say, so supportive. And when I hit 18, I sort of started joining covers bands and stuff like that, which was great to bring in a little bit of income, not enough to live off of. But what my parents sat me down and said to me was, right, 
we can see you want to do this. Obviously, you're going to do this. You are already doing this. Um, but why don't you uh, stay living at home for now? And we can treat this like you're at university. So the next three years, just do everything you can. Um, I think they gave me a small allowance of like, it was something like 100 quid a month or something to pay for petrol um, and and phone. (laughs) And it was like, you stay here, play with everyone. Like, don't let, you know, not having, not like, don't let having to pay rent make you not say yes to something that could be a great opportunity in the long run. And, you know, the amount of opportunities that I said yes to that then led to something, like you say, 10 years later, suddenly it's come back around and it's just like, really? But had I not been in that place on that one day doing that one showcase, for instance, for free, Mm. I wouldn't have met that person and this conversation wouldn't be happening right now. And it's such a, uh, it's a hard thing. You know, I'm not going to pretend like I was in a very fortunate position that my parents were able to say to me, look, you've got three years, just go do it. And, you know, I think it was I ended up moving out uh, a year and a half later because I did end up getting some work, which was great. Um, But or maybe two years later. Um, But, yeah, I was in a very fortunate position, not only because they said you can stay at home and, you know, but just to have that understanding of because they'd come from a place of not being able to do what they wanted to do because their parents were very much like, no, you need to earn a living and that's the end of it. Uh, To come from a place of this is going to be hard, but if you want to work hard for it, then it will happen. It's just you've got to keep going, you've got to keep persevering uh, and, and momentum is everything, basically. And weirdly, so this is a bit of a tangent, but it is sort of relevant, is when I first started playing drums, my dad had maybe a year into when I was doing it, had just uh, met up with a couple of friends of his who he'd known for a long time in the animation industry. And they had sat down in a pub and decided that they were going to create a kids TV show. And um, basically, as I went through my drumming career, they started creating and pitching this kids TV idea. Uh, And it ended up being the show called Peppa Pig. Really? Yeah. Which ended up. Well, it's there you go, (laughs) Um, which has been very successful and it's been incredible. But why I say that is because I remember as a kid, my dad making like being part of uh, short animated films, um, doing uh, like information, informational. That's not a word. Educational type uh, things about uh, Parkinson's disease and things like that Mm -hmm. and and doing these little odd jobs here and there. But just because he wanted to be in that industry, he wanted to be doing it. And then to create this concept with his two friends and then sort of like work their butts off you know getting rejection after rejection nobody wanted it at the beginning like nobody would take it on but they just kept going and working and working and to see this happen in front of me and beside me whilst I was trying to also do what I wanted to do and just you know always seeing oh my god that worked and oh it's doing really well oh people actually know this show now and oh they've just got nominated for like BAFTAs like this is bizarre it's like this surreal thing that was happening but every step of the way, it made me realise that, well, if I keep going, then I will get there too. Like, it's just one of those things. you just got to keep going no matter how many times he was rejected, I was rejected. And it was just like, OK, this is part of it. And again, going back to that film thing, this is all just part of the film. Yeah, all exactly. this rejection. And then at some point it's going to be like, but look where it led. And, exactly. and yeah, so 
There Definitely. you go. Random little fact. That is there. amazing. Well, congratulations to him. That's a huge. Yeah, um, that was a huge thing to be. We're part all very of. proud of him. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that perseverance and that determination is, uh, yeah, that's what gets you to places. You know, like that's yeah. like not giving up regardless. Someone once said to me, "You've just got to have a bit of blind faith," and I think that's really stuck with me. It's just like, I mean, to me, I, ca- I literally can't do anything else. This is is part of my. DNA now and I, I don't I can't do anything as well as I play the drums I don't love anything as much as I love the drums aside from maybe food but um, <laughs> yeah and it's, it's just one of those things it's not even an option and it's not about like it was never about if it was more about how and when and you know yeah where <laughs> and where yeah yeah that's cool that's amazing um yeah, definitely. I think yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way, don't they? When when you found your sort of your happy place in terms of your hobby being your work and you can't believe you're getting paid for it. Yeah. That's where you know you've been on the right path and you've you've gone in the right direction and there is nothing else and yeah. regardless what happens, you're still gonna be doing that. You still Yeah. You still love that stuff. Um, cool. And what food do you like, by the way? Oh, my God. All food. <laughs> so uh, what do I really... Well, I've got a penchant for Japanese food I love. Uh, but sometimes nothing beats a good jerk chicken, rice and peas and plantain. Uh, but yeah, just all food. I just love food nice. so much. And I love cooking as well. Dude. But it's, it's funny, actually. So cooking is what I do to relax a lot of the time. And um, I used to say if I didn't do music, maybe I would be a chef or something like that. But actually, I don't think I ever would, only because it's a weird thing when you do music for a living because I love it dearly. But when something you love becomes your job, it becomes slightly different. And mm. there, yeah, it's just a different thing. And with um, food and stuff, it's so pure and just no pressure. And if I make a rubbish meal, then fine, I'll just wolf it down and I'll make something better tomorrow. But yeah. there's no, you know, it's very whatever and it's very open. And, and Definitely. I just, I, I want to keep that <laughs> for the rest of my life because I yeah, think it's important think to cooking, have those things. Like cooking is like really high pressure work, isn't it? Oh my it's very God. stressful, very yeah, you long want to hours, talk about, no breaks. Like, yeah, long like, hours with serious. gigs, forget about it. Cooking, being a chef, working in a kitchen. Oh my God, those guys, high pressure, long hours, like just relentless and you only ever hear about it if like anything goes bad then you've got someone coming back oh you know this has been overcooked oh mm. crying out loud yeah. so yeah but I have massive respect for anyone that does that job it's just oh I do as well I've got a friend that does it and really I'm so like wow man you look yeah. so knackered Sure. Yeah, the food's amazing. Obviously, yeah. I, I'm. I mean, I'm not a very good cook, but I'm. You know, similarly, like if it it looks terrible, but it tastes good, that's yeah, fine. fine. You yeah. can't do that if you're a chef. No, you? it exactly. Looks terrible, but honestly, trust me. Yeah. you'll like it. Yeah, exactly. I just I know how much work it takes to get good at something, and I'm not willing to do that for anything else now. It's just yeah. like no, I I don't even feel that I'm that great at the drums. Really, I just kind of like I say, get away with it. But mm. even that has taken over twenty years of of just working my butt off and I continue to you know and I always will because it as I say it's it's like a part of me now (laughs) definitely yeah yeah um and you're in yeah you're in a great situation in what you're doing here so we're we're sat in your studio here yeah which is an amazing building so cool it's my childhood dream (laughs) is this building and to have it now is just like 
Oh my, it's like all my dreams have come true. As an 11 year old, if you'd have told me you're going to have your own studio, I'd just be like, no way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's so incredible. And it's literally changed my life having the ability to record and to have a remote recording business uh, is just, yeah, it's like I say, it's changed my life because before uh, my sole way of income were gigs and touring, basically, which is amazing, but you know, tours end and gigs are just one-offs or whatever. And if the phone wasn't ringing and and my diary was empty, as we were talking about earlier, I wish I'd had heard this talk you were talking about, um, I would just feel worthless. I'd just be like, oh my God, nobody's calling me. Therefore, I must not be good enough. Therefore, what do I do? Oh my God, that's it. End of career. It's all over. (laughs) And then a week later, the phone would ring and it'll all be fine again. But the emotional rollercoaster of that, bought was so awful and it was so um my self-worth was just relying on a phone call as it turned out it was really unhealthy and looking back it was incredibly unhealthy uh whereas now as soon as I was able to build this studio now I've got this um business that I can put my time and energy into and again I see results back in the same way when I first started playing the drums and you know I would put in the work and I would see results at the end of it it's the same sort of thing so I come off of a tour and rather than going through the post-tour blues which all musicians go through whether Mm, it's one gig or whether it's a tour or whatever it's a a real thing Um, I just come straight into the studio I will make sure that I have clients booked in for when I get off the road so I can be working with them straight away or you know just creating videos to put up online and I have this thing STEM club which I know that you know about because you've been very kind in uh, sharing the word about it Mm -hmm. Uh, which means that I can put out free drum stems or drum tracks for musicians to play along to to record to to produce with or whatever they want to do it's just to help um facilitate something that that maybe they would not have access to especially if they're like i'm very aware of my younger self and growing up we didn't have a lot uh as i said we were still very lucky but we didn't have a lot and i certainly wouldn't have been able to afford to hire someone if i was a guitarist or a songwriter if i was 16 or even 18 i wouldn't have had the means to hire a remote musician um to record on my song however the way that i think of it is let me put out something for that kid that yes it's not drums that are recorded to your song but it's something you can do something with and you know it's just like it's it's that collaborative element i suppose as well and and just being able to give back a little bit is really important to me because as i said to you before the drum community all of that the people that really helped me and gave to me when i was younger um i just i'm desperate to give that back to other people that would benefit from it and i i often say this and i truly believe it i believe that the drums saved my life for various reasons and if i can have one kid you know just go huh either maybe i can do that or you know using the stems you know maybe i can write a song with these or whatever it is like that is everything to me like forget even if i never played another note in my life if i can continue to do that I'm done. Like, I'm happy. That's it. I'm pretty sure you've done that because the stems that you give away are amazing. Um, And they're a great insight into, you know, what drums sound like separated out as stems. 
Um, so talking, well, let's talk about STEM Club in a second. Yep. If we just say, so you, you have a website called Emily Drums where yeah. people can, so you do remote recording for yeah. people all around the world, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, so you can, I guess, instead of having to get on a plane and go to Australia or go to America, people can contact you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you can record on their, on their tracks. In your pyjamas sometimes. In I, my pyjamas, <laughs> yeah. I try to not record in my pyjamas now, only because I feel like I should try and bring some sort of professionalism to the yeah, studio when I exactly, play. Yeah. But I could record in my <laughs> and I have done, definitely. Um, but, yeah, it was... So this... The concept of a remote studio uh, for myself actually was born out of a bit of a, not a bad situation, but um, so when I was playing with the darkness, it sort of like transpired as we worked together that maybe it wasn't a very good fit for me to be there for them and for me. And it was mainly because from my side, I'd sort of, as I said, I was saying yes to playing with everyone. And consequently, I, you know, was playing with a lot of musicians and, and had built up sort of a lot of relationships. and. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your personality, but being in a band, you can generally only play with them. And for the darkness, they were just saying, you know, we need to be your priority. You will need to drop everything, even if like you're welcome to go and do other gigs. But if something comes in last minute, you're going to have to drop that, mm -hmm. which is fair. But it's not something that I'm comfortable with because mm. I'm I try to be the person that if I've said yes to something, it means that I'm doing it. Yeah. So and would that be is that like a contractual thing that you'd have to? Yeah. Or, would, or is it a verbal agreement? Like, uh, it, it how would, have how would been, that actually work? I don't actually know because we didn't quite get that far. Okay. <laughs> Probably just a verbal agreement. Like it's just, you know, there's no point in having a contractual thing if you don't need it and we're all musicians so we're all a bit like should we just say we're gonna do it yeah, cool all right. um it. yeah and bless them and you know the time with the darkness was so much fun and doing uh, we did an album last of our kind which i'm so proud to have been a part of and it was so much fun and they're amazing fellows but this side of it i was like i just i can't commit to that just the nature of me I love playing with lots of different people in loads of situations. I love to have opportunities be available to me. It's just the way I'm wired and, and that's that. So consequently, it sort of came to light that this probably wasn't going to work. Mm -hmm. So anyway, at the end of that, I realised that no one's going to call me probably for the rest of the year. And this happened in April or May, I think it was, of 20. 15 and um i thought right no one else is going to call me for the rest of this year because uh everyone thinks i'm playing with the darkness still and that's just how it works so i made my peace with that and went right cool it's going to be quiet the rest of the year i can deal with it let me actually sit down and think about what i love about drumming the things that i absolutely adore the things that i don't because this kind of made me realize i i don't want to be with just one band it's not it's not going to make me happy and mm -hmm. and i really I want to be happy. <laughs> I know, is, is it that much to Pretty ask? Simple. <laughs> yeah, who'd have thought? Um, so I thought, right, what do I love? I love playing songs. That has always been, even before I started playing music, like I said, me and my sister sitting there reading the definitely maybe lyric sheets. I love songs. I love lyrics. It's just, they speak to me, literally. Um, and then I thought, uh, the other thing, love playing with loads of different people. Absolutely love that. And although I do love travelling, I love the idea of not having to because... At that point, I'd been away so much and the thought of having a home life was kind of like, that might be quite nice to have the option of not having to get on a plane again for, you know, the third time this month. And, you know, um, whilst it is, as I say, amazing, it's tiring, like you do get exhausted. Mm. 
And I saw like put all these things together and realized that, um, yeah, a remote recording studio would be great. It means I get to meet people from all over the planet. Like there are no boundaries with it. who are playing all sorts of different music. I get to play songs day in, day out. I get to be at home and have a space of my own where I feel comfortable and can do the best job I can. I can also really hone my skills on things like tuning and recording isn't something that I'd really done before. I mean, I literally decided I was going to do this and then realised, ah, I don't really know what I'm doing though. (laughs) So I kind of had to learn it on the fly, which is the best way for me to learn, definitely. A bit of pressure, I'm like, yeah, that makes me work. Mm. Um, And yeah, and that's how this this idea was born. And, you know, some people were already doing it, which was great because it it made me realise that it can be done and, you know, people are making a living doing solely that. So this is quite an interesting thing as as another option that means that I don't have to just wait for that that phone call uh and in the in-between i can still have my sanity (laughs) which is a a novel idea but (laughs) it's really worked and and i feel i feel so fulfilled from it and it's made me realize what's possible really oh that's fantastic yeah it's really fantastic and um i guess the diversity of the things that come in as well you listen to the first few minutes of a second or something go wow yeah it's totally different from what i was doing yesterday or yeah totally i guess yeah and you're possibly imagining i mean how direct what uh, what are people like in terms of giving you directions on the drums like it can be it can be anything from uh either you know program drums that are incredibly intricate and it's like i want you to do exactly what's on the thing i just want a more human feel with it or whatever and that's fine i'm like yeah cool or it might be just literally an acoustic guitar and a vocal and just say do what you want and and I love those ones the best, mm. to be honest. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> so, yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. really good. Or anything in between. It can be, you know, vaguely programmed drums. Or I mean, one guy, he just says to me, if I just gave you like a brief, like I want a song that sounds a bit like a Jack White kind of song, three and a half minute, um, here's the structure. Can you just play something and make something up? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, sure. And then I'll do that. And he's like, yeah, great, perfect. And I'm like... All right, cool. That's uh, really cool. Yeah, so it's it's quite um, fluid. It's quite, but again, like you say, it really works for me because every day you're like, I I just don't know what I'm doing, and and who knows? I just open up the notes and have a look and go, cool. All right, wants me to sound like Smashing Pumpkins. Great, I can do that. Let's okay. go. <laughs> Amazing, and um, yeah, sort of leads on to the STEM club, which you which you do for people. Yeah, um, yeah, which which uh, is is a thing for anyone who's to have access to your drum to your drum stems, yeah, like multi-tracked drums. And um, yeah, so how did that come about? Like, where did that? Where did that? What was the inception of the idea of STEM Club? So STEM Club came. It was a twofold thing. STEM Club. The reason that I got it together. Um, part of the reason was, as I said before, I was very aware that there were, like, okay. So when I st- first started out the studio, uh, in terms of pricing, it was quite cheap when I started out because I I sort of was working out myself. I wanted to make sure it was a good product before I started properly charging and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But the price gradually went up. Mm -hmm. And as it went up, I gradually got more and more uncomfortable about the fact that I was cutting out a certain amount of people because they couldn't afford that. 
uh, and I'm I'm not comfortable with any kind of uh, exclusion of people. It it it's not my nature. I'm a very all inclusive person, so I just thought right, there's got to be a way that I can include everyone. And I thought, well, if I release these drum stems. That would work for like people, like I say, trying to either just practicing or recording or writing songs or whatever. There's a multitude of different types of people that could use them. And then I thought, and actually, it would be a really good way to showcase my studio and the sounds that I'm getting. And also, if people download them and they like what they're hearing, they're used to the way that I work. Um, it kind of it will endear them to maybe using the studio one day. And this might be 10 years down the line. Who knows? Mm. And it's certainly not, that's not the intention of like just some, I don't know, advertising thing or whatever. But I just thought it kind of just makes sense all around. I get to give back. People get to see what I do without having to pay up, pay me first. They can check that they like what I do. Because I'm, I'm still so like... Um, insecure that someone's going to come back and go, this, this sounds awful. Actually, I've just checked all of your work <laughs> and none of it's good enough. Yeah, none of it is good enough and give me back my money. Um, so, I, you know, it's partly that. It's just to give me a bit of, like, confidence that, cool, they know what I do and they're happy with that. So they know what I'm bringing to the table. So mm. I'm very up for being very honest about stuff, very open, as transparent as I can be. And what's more transparent than going, here's literally the sound that I get from my studio. Here, yeah. take them, use them, write music with them, release them, totally fine, whatever you want. Like my only stipulation is that you credit me if you use them and then more people hopefully will hear about uh, Emily Drums and also the fact that a remote recording situation happens because a lot of people didn't even know that it was a thing before. Yeah, definitely. So, and having access to a, not only like a drum kit but a really good drummer as well, yeah, is something that like a lot of people don't do, especially aspiring producers or like it. people who are just at home with their guitar. They don't, you know, all of this stuff is... Um, it's amazing to be able to have access to that. I think it's really amazing. It's oh, really brilliant you. what you're doing. Well, again, and it goes back to that sort of investing in other people's careers, I guess. Like, it's that three-year gap that I was given. If I had something that was the equivalent... In fact, for me, what it would have been was, uh, like, music to play along to without drums on it. That mm. would have been my dream as a kid. And when I was that age, it wasn't really around. At least I couldn't find any, and I searched a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I know there are a few multi-tracks around, but even then I didn't really understand what a multi-track was, and, you know, there's all this stuff. But I just thought, what would be the equivalent for someone that I could bring to someone else? his career if they're thinking about production or whatever like how can i help with that here's some drums mix them make them sound great you know put them in a project that you're doing or whatever it is i don't know or just chuck them in the bin if you don't like them fine that's equally okay yeah they're brilliant i've listened to them oh, and i've looked you. through them all and they're yeah there's oh. no way anybody would do that at all <laughs> oh thank you i'm always um, trying to get them better right yeah they're not they're not perfect yet but um, no i think i think when i contacted you i was just like well some of the file naming could be <laughs> oh no that was great though because i changed it and then i got people coming back just going oh thank you for doing that because really, that yeah. helped so i appreciate that sort of feedback because again i'm coming at it from a drummer's perspective mm -hmm. but if you come to me and say actually this will probably work better it's just like wicked i'll do that like i'm not yeah, i'm fully aware that i don't know what i'm doing most of the time <laughs> i think that's only because uh, like i worked for a music company and audio editing was one of the things i did and some and uh, sometimes they sell multi-track drum stuff so um amazing i know i would know the sort of standard formatting thing See, but that helps me <laughs> yeah. and there's loads of different music styles isn't it it's not yeah. just like 
you know, tempos, styles. Um, yeah. You've done lots of different things to fit all palettes of people are making hip hop or they're making grunge or yeah. they're making metal. Um, no yeah, double kick though, that's the only thing. No double kick, <laughs> no double kick ones, no. no. I'm not quite up to scratch with my double kick, not since I was about 17. So <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a flaw in my playing, but it's okay. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I, yeah, um, I think for me, the I can do the... I can do the ones at the top, but the leg one, just, <laughs> that doesn't happen at the right time. It's all good. Like I say, you can do all the synth stuff and I can't even do anything with that. I just get freaked out within two seconds. So. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's funny with drums, isn't it? Because there's loads of like, there are loads of little tips that, that drummers have for each other. Like yeah. I've seen people, and again, this is coming from really lame and no, looking at fine. the drum kit. I've seen people with like a 50p, taped to the front of the kit to oh, give it a click yeah, when it yeah. hits it you know putting things inside the bass drum oh it's a whole thing like i remember being on tour when i was, well i say tour i went and did a gig in manchester supporting this band called blood sugar and uh they were from america and their drummer was like the most incredible drummer i'd ever seen and i was 16 at the time and his kick drum was just the best thing i'd ever heard in my life and i was just like how do you do that? That's amazing. And he just showed me this one little technique of rolling up a towel and making sure that it, it touched both sides of the kick drum. Mm -hmm. And instantly it was like this punchy thing. And I was like, I love you. But drummers <laughs> are like that. It's just like, oh, have you seen this amazing thing? It's like silly things like on this kit here. If you can see, there's a mic that's miking up the hole on the snare drum, mm -hmm. um, which is by... Oh, there. Yeah. yeah. So that... Yeah, that's right. It's actually a Unidyne, but yeah, I wouldn't have known that. And someone else <laughs> waited for me and I was like, okay. Um, so in fact, it was Jonathan Atkinson, the drummer, the other drummer for Kim. Uh, and mm. yeah, so someone else told me about that, just said, you know, what's a really good uh, thing to mic up so it gives you um, more body to your snare drum sound? Yeah, try micing up the hole. And I tried it and I was like, I love it. And again, it's just like these little things that you pick up along the way. Yeah. And then equally... Like I'm telling you right now, you know, you pass on these bits of knowledge and it just becomes this very, um, I don't know, collaborative community, I guess. And things like tuning drums, tuning snare drums, big thing, massive thing in the drum community. Mm -hmm. And like once you find a good tuning, it's like, oh, I must tell everyone. So, yeah. yeah, it's 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 really nice. It's so nice. It's really cool. And yeah, in terms of like little tweaks and things, I think the drums is very much an instrument on its own for things like that like there's a guy called Cassell the beat maker oh, I love Cassell hey Cassell if you're if you're <laughs> listening to this <laughs> yeah he had a technique um he, he drums for the streets didn't yeah, he I, I that's think that's, right. that's the one I know but yeah he put a snare head I think that's what it's called on top of a snare yeah that's and then an hit amazing it. Ooh, wow like oh, 80s so big 80s snare sound I love it so such much such a brilliant idea and I mean, he was just like and this is it without bang this is it with bangers. I literally like, did wow, a video so almost good. identical to that and I didn't know that he'd done a video of that yeah, that's yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. funny <laughs> see this is what I mean drummers we're such geeks oh we love it oh we love it so yeah, much yeah and helping each other out I think the, totally. the most talented producers I know um if you ask them, oh, what did you do with that bass synth on that part? Oh, they'll, they'll go, go to... oh, here, here's exactly what I did. Here's oh, the yeah. EQ, there's the compression and um, I did that because of that. And um, it's funny because I think when you're growing up making music and you like ask a producer how they did something, like, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> but like you say... I worked for years and I'm not just going to give away top secret classified information <laughs> like that. But the most talented producers are going, oh, this is how I did yeah, it. Yeah, because Easy. they're always exploring and that's what I did for that, but... 
I'll probably do something completely different next time because I'm always trying to refine it or change it or go for expression. It's more about expressing what they're hearing in their head as opposed to this is the one and only thing I do. And I find that (laughs) the people that do have the one and only thing that they do, they guard it like a secret. But actually, to me, it's about exploration. It's about, right, what can I do if I shove a chain on the toms and then hit it? What does that sound like? And, you know, there's so many drummers out there that are so brilliant at doing that sort of stuff. Like yeah. there's a guy called Aaron Sterling out, out in the States. He's He's been out with John Mayer recently, but he's a massive recording drummer, plays with literally everybody that you can think of. But he all the time is just trying random stuff. He was getting, what was it, a Perrier water cans and just stringing them together and just making a random noise and then making it sound like the most incredible thing you've ever heard in your life and it's like oh my god like music is so awesome and yeah oh it's just so good but again he's very happy to be like this is what i'm doing these are literally cans of water yeah (laughs) brilliant i love those approaches those um those sorts of experimental approaches yeah Um, yeah, I think um, Eamon Tobin, who's like a really big um, Brazilian producer who grew up in Britain, uh, yeah, he does very cinematic drums. Oh, he's got nice. all kinds of videos with stuff on on the drums and, um, yeah, really textual. He's even, he's even recorded, like, I, I don't think this is... Uh, this isn't an exaggeration. So, um, like, a, an observatory, he's recorded the sound of an observatory moving. Oh, my God, that's amazing. And, thing, and, and also tiny microphones that are on, like, insects and things like that. He's gone, like, ridiculous wow. in his recording, you know. We all we all try and just get some something weird in our... Just yeah, do something hit with the yeah. yeah. That's as much as I'm going to get today, but then there's people that are, like, really taking that it's experimentation a different way of thinking. to huge scale to tiny scale yeah. it's like sylvia massey as well do you know her as a producer I she's don't know. she does some crazy she's great at recording drums but she does some strange things like records drums through a hose pipe like just really my brain would never think of these sorts of things but mm. i think there's definitely something in the way that people think and and yeah your guy tobin sounds like that and and sylvia massey is certainly like that and aaron sterling is like that it's just it's a different way of thinking, but again, it's that creative thing of we're all coming at this thing called music with our own approach, our own sort of life experience that's come from behind it to this one moment right now. And and you saying what you want to say musically as you say it will speak to one other person maybe, but that's what it's about. It's about connection, isn't it? Mm. And, and whether that's musically, it might even be just in an actual conversation, but sometimes you do need to be the person that's saying that thing in that way for that other person to go, I get it. Yeah, the idea is to just start bouncing around. Yeah. Like even just in talking now, I've sort of you know when you you know when you're walking down a corridor yeah. and you're you're the clicking of your heels, like it creates like there's like a slight phasing effect that happens because there's a certain distance between it. Yeah. Um and you get sometimes happens in walking upstairs as well. You've got this weird yeah. phasing of the sound reflecting I wonder what would happen if you put a drum kit in like a really enclosed space like that and had that phasing thing happen yeah see um, god knows know. <laughs> maybe you should find out maybe we should find just out find let's out, find yeah. a corridor and just get some drums in there get some mics up and see what happens yeah like the most enclosed space possible <laughs> that would be amazing I do like doing stuff like that oh that's great yeah cool let me just double check the time oh wow it's nearly two o'clock now so Oh, wow. We'd literally been talking for like an hour and a half. I think, yes, exactly an hour and a half. Oh. 
Cool. Um, let me just have a quick look through what I've got here. Are you okay to talk for a little yeah. while longer? Okay, cool. You never have to ask me if I'd like to speak more. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. I'm a nightmare for it. I just, I'm sorry for later when you have to, like, edit all of this. <laughs> the funny thing is, yeah, uh, the funny thing is with editing, that's one thing people ask you a lot is like, oh, what's it like to edit them all? But I think as as they've gone on, I've done less and less and oh, less editing. Good. I like that. Maybe because I'm going, uh, a bit less and... Um, <laughs> I found that there's too. There's a bit more structure. Yeah. Um, but the first one, for example, the first one I ever did, I think I interviewed her for about an hour and a half and the actual final edit was about 45 minutes. Oh, really? I literally poured over like every word. Yeah, you kind of like, get over it, don't you? You're just like, oh, it's fine. I'm human. Is I found that with the a drummer's guide two videos. It was just like at first it was a lot of um, uh, uh, and now I'm like. Anyway, there's different <laughs> words that you start using to kind of like compensate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I've sort of I've just given up and gone. I am who I am. And yes, I say the wrong word sometimes, and you get the stream of consciousness. But actually. I'm okay with That's it. That's the best bit. That's yeah, the best it's, bit. That's it's a human bit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the, the bits, the only thing I really edit now is like when I've said something stupid. <laughs> See, I leave like, all those you in. leave them in? Yeah, I can't. <laughs> all of them. I just, I just all can't of them. do it. <laughs> make myself sound a little bit more intelligent. By oh, no. See, I just think, right, out. people need to know how stupid I am because then again, it comes back to that thing. They they might think, oh, well, if she can do it, then I probably can. And it's like, yes, yeah, see, idiot over here yeah. can do this. Therefore, anyone can do it. <laughs> okay, I'll, from now on, I will leave in all the stupid Yay! things that I say, <laughs> the things that I get wrong. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> do you think... Um, do you think that you have, like, a mantra? Do you have, like, a mantra or a way of uh, looking at at life and the way that you do things relating to drumming yeah yeah um i don't know if i i think i think i'm always trying to find a mantra but my most recent one that i'm working on and sometimes it's happening and i'm well happy uh is just to be the best version of myself that i can be um, not to look left and right of me at what other people are doing and go, oh, I should be doing that or whatever. It's just, I am this person. I bring what I bring to the table, whether it's something of value, I'll let other people decide. And if they don't, you know, if they're not into it, fine. Um, but I just need to be the best version of what I want to be, which is a drummer that plays songs really well, as best I can, um, has a nice feel, like hopefully, um, and makes, I don't know, just be able to give something back to people, whether that be musically, whether that be through my videos that I make, um, A Drummer's Guide too, uh, or yeah, just, I don't know, having this conversation right now, hopefully that can speak to someone and, and make them go, yeah, cool. I get it. Like I want to do that or yeah, I can do that. Mm. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I think we. Uh, yeah, the purpose of this is to sort of let people see what, what, how you feel about things and, yeah. and share experiences. Because um, I think people outside of the music industry or any industry really, uh, if you're looking in, you think it's this shrouded thing, and it's all sort of like not smoke and mirrors, but you know, if you only know if you're big in the inner building circle somewhere that everyone goes exactly. to. Exactly, <laughs> and and what you sort of realise is that 
actually it's you know letting people in in the way that you are which i think is incredible and so important to see the human element of what anyone does i think it makes it attainable it makes it understandable um and relatable uh and i think it's just really important because i think that i think connecting together just as on a human level human to human is just so important and i i i don't know it means a lot to me basically yeah, so and, yeah thank you for doing this series oh, God, <laughs> well, it's been really fun like i always i yeah sometimes i yeah i do question why i'm doing it but i always when i sit down and talk to people and then when i've when i put it out i'm always like yeah that was that was a great thing i have a you big know? thing about having a really strong why behind you why you do anything and as long as that why is strong enough then you'll get through anything because i i'm exactly the same so often i sit down and i just go why am I doing this? You know, why, why am I, you know, why am I putting out these free stems? They, I've put out like 30 packs. I literally had this thought two weeks ago. It was the beginning of a new year and I was like, I'm exhausted. Like, is this actually doing anything for anyone? Is anyone actually benefiting, benefiting from this the way I wanted them to or hope that they would? And then I swear to you, no more than 30 minutes later, I get an email from someone just basically saying, thank you so much for your drum stems. You know, I'm using them and they're amazing. And I was like, Thank you so much for your message. It's exactly what I needed Perfect to hear. Timing. And yeah. then I'm going to go and do another pack. And that's what I did. And exactly. It's those moments that you just go, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, I had one of those moments this week. I was like a bit struggling this week. And then someone came over to me and was like, your music video really inspired me to do something. Come yes! and have a look what I've made. Oh! And I was like, wow, do you know what? I wasn't I wasn't feeling too great, but that's really just like turned everything around. Yeah. That I actually inspired someone who's way more talented than me to Yeah, but that's how I feel. Something. Like there's so many people so much more talented than me. And I'm like, you're inspired by me? Yeah. Seriously? Thank you. Yeah, this seems backwards. I don't understand. Oh. Yeah, but um, I guess the other thing in talking to people is about like um, letting people know that like career progression is not like this linear line of like, well, I wanted to get over there, so I just went straight over yeah. there, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, you know? no, that's what like, I it's... thought it was as well. And then you just, you soon realise it is just this... It's a mess. It's up, it's down. You're working, you're not working. People know about you, people don't know about you. It's just, it's an endless back and forth and just redefining as well as you go what you want your career to be. For me, when I started out, it was just, I just want to make money playing drums. What I didn't realise that that mean that opens me up to everything, which includes teaching, which I don't think I'm particularly cut out for, only because my lifestyle now is 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 so all over the place going away and stuff and i believe in you know having uh cons like being constant with it mm, so i was like yeah. right so okay maybe i don't want to do teaching right now maybe at some point i will um or you know uh doing covers gigs i thought i didn't want to do that when i was a kid mm. turns out there's some of my favorite gigs to do and there's right. so much fun so it's kind of this learning about yourself and what aspects of music or whatever you're trying to do you do enjoy and you want to do more of like why would you not want to do more of the stuff that you love and as i say that's how i ended up with this studio and and then the touring still and yeah it's just it's it's so interesting the journey but i think to know that there will it isn't as simple as i've made it 
you know, that doesn't happen. Mm. I, I don't feel like I've made it. Certainly not. I'm still striving. I'm still working my butt off to try and be the best thing that I can be. Um, and there are times when I'm not working or, you know, it's suddenly like, oh, uh, I need to earn some money because I'm not sure that we're going to pay the mortgage this month. <laughs> but OK, and then something will come in and it's fine. But it is this kind of it's it's ears all over the place. But again, coming back to why you're doing something. I love it so much that it's just I'll find a way to make it work and that's it. And sometimes sometimes it's easier than others and sometimes it's not and sometimes it's not to do with the phone ringing and it's something in your head mentally you're not quite, you know, in a good place and that can severely affect everything else where, you know, you're away doing an amazing tour but you're miserable and it's like, well, mm. what 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 is that about? I'm doing what I love and I hate this right now. What is going on? This isn't fair. I was meant to be here and be happy and I'm here and I'm not and that is like the cruelest trick ever yeah. so it's not as simple as this linear A to B and here, here you are with nothing there you are you will have everything it doesn't work like that no. but um, again coming back to that giving yourself space to be in the moment and just enjoy where you're at right now even if that's a difficult place uh, I think that, that, that that's really what the focus should be on and my whole thing is as long as I'm able to live then I'm happy. I don't need millions in the bank and I don't need any of that. Mm. What I want is an enriched life, if you like. And at the moment, I feel really good about that. And Excellent. I'm not saying that next week it might all change and I might feel a bit weird or something <laughs> might happen or who knows. But right now, in this moment, I'm like so happy and That's so great. lucky and I'm and so, yeah. Yeah, lucky, Excellent. very lucky girl. That's really good. <laughs> And I think I think you're right about being the best version of yourself going forward into every project. Like, yeah. um, I think you did actually say that. I did write down a quote where you said, um, "My favorite project is the one I'm working on now." Yeah, which is like that's an unbelievably great attitude, isn't it? Yeah. That, like this thing now is what I love doing, and if you do that all the time, that's just gonna that's gonna propagate everywhere into yeah. the universe. And that's it's so true. And mm, and I, like you say, like <clears throat> new opportunities open themselves up to you when you have that kind of when you're putting out that kind of energy, I suppose. Yeah. It's kind definitely. of you need to be open to that. It needs to be not looking to the next thing, the next thing. It's just why? Why? What's the point? Yeah. You're striving for something that you're not even gonna enjoy. You're just gonna try and do something better or greater or worth more or whatever it is. But mm. as I said, I might get hit by a bus tomorrow, but I know right like I know that right now is awesome. <laughs> exactly. It's that's so true. And that also ties in with like a trope or like a thing that always happens in podcasts, which is like, and what's the next thing you're gonna yeah. do? You know? <laughs> like people always ask that and that's yeah. like a standard. And I hate I don't want to ask people that and because that's not what's important. Like, what's yeah. important is the moment. Yeah. And I feel like applying more pressure of like, well, you've done okay, yeah. but what are you going to do to better yeah. yourself, you know? Like, now what? Questions. <laughs> yeah. It's a, and I, I think mainly, mainly, maybe for a selfish reason that I don't like being asked that. Yeah. Or like maybe my parents would always ask me that when I'd done something successful. But yeah, I don't like to put that in my podcast. Because oh, it's so like... Cool. 
I don't want. And it, just, it doesn't matter what I you're going to do in the future. This, that doesn't matter what's happened now and what's what you've already done. You're living what you believe, and that is awesome. Like I've got so much respect for that because you are going against the grain, which is brilliant. Definitely. And I bet you there are more than one person listening to this going yes, and I'm certainly one person sitting here going yes. I love that you're doing that. That's amazing. Like, yeah, I yeah. have phased that out. I wonder if people have noticed. I don't, oh, I don't know. Maybe we'll send find an email out. to see if <laughs> if you have noticed to Midia. <laughs> cool okay um yeah just to go over so you said you do uh oh, the drummer's guide too yes we just quickly to quickly just mention that because yeah. you've you've dropped it a few um dropped, mentioned it a few times mm-hmm. so um yeah you've talked about like success and failure and yeah. um so it's motivation yeah a drummer's guide too is Basically me talking about my experience getting into and going through and being in the music industry and the way that that came about was I was, this was before the studio and all of that and I was trying desperately to think of ways to give back to the drum community and again I was thinking about my younger self, I was thinking about a specific time, I went to this drum clinic when I was 14 years old and I was completely awe-inspired by this uh, drummer called Mark Mondesir, Mondesi, and people say it different ways um, and I was desperate to ask him questions in this group setting but I was so shy that I just couldn't and I was just like and I regretted it for so long and then I thought right okay what about if I created a series where I talk about the things that I wanted to know about or that would have helped me on my journey to becoming a professional you know the reality of what being a professional is the kind of skills that you're going to need to be able to be professional not only that the kind of mindset that you need you know the fact that you will need to go out and network with people and what that's like as an introverted person as a shy person which again probably seems a little bit strange listening to me talk thinking that I'm introverted but I am Mm -hmm. um and I just thought, let me put it out there for my 14-year-old self and and just see, let's just see if people resonate with it. And consequently, I the amount of incredible feedback that I've gotten from it, just going, you know, any one time, I, I can't believe you put out this video this week. It's literally exactly what I needed to hear or I'm going through exactly that same thing right now. Uh, thank you so much. And even just to know that someone else has been through it or is going through it, yeah. I find that that has really helped and and it really helps people and it and again it comes back to I just feel great for being able to help people just by basically blathering on which as you can tell I quite enjoy doing uh, it was quite difficult at first at first I was like I don't really know how to do this but that is the weird thing isn't it in the beginning when it's you in a room and the camera and you're like hi yeah. everybody hi. So, I mean if you look at the first video I did the first video was about tour bus touring because uh, I was on tour with some girls uh, with uh, Thompson Twins Tom Bailey and they were about to go on tour on a tour bus tour and none of them had been on a tour bus tour before and I was just like and they were like can you just tell us like what we need to know and I was like yeah sure so I went through with them what they need to know sort of the basics uh, the essentials and and then I thought well let me make that the first video because I know that people want to know about that because I've literally just had three girls asking me exactly that and it's this 40 minute video of me just a lot of um uh so um and then a bit of information in between but yeah and and putting out that first video it kind of spurred me on like the reaction from it I was like oh this could be a thing because 
like you are with this, being let into that world, if only through curiosity uh, is one thing. But if you want to be doing this, I remember going on my first tour bus tour and I remember the only thing I was worried about was looking like an amateur, looking like an idiot, looking like I didn't belong there. Mm. And I thought if I had watched that video, so at least I had an idea of what to expect, Mm -hmm. that would have been awesome. So a lot of the videos are kind of like based around that or if people ask me very specific questions, I'll happily talk about a subject for 20 minutes or whatever and and hopefully something valuable will come out of it. Although most of my videos end with me going, I'm not sure any of that made sense. (laughs) But anyway, <laughs> so yeah. No, they definitely do made sense. I've I've listened to uh, yeah, I've listened to a lot of them, and that yeah, they've been yeah, really beneficial, really open, really honest uh, yeah. appraisals of like how you're feeling and oh, situations. Yeah. I don't. I, the thing is, I'm also incredibly aware of this kind of Instagram culture that is around at the moment, where everyone's filtered and trying to look perfect and stuff like that. And I just thought I need to be the opposite of that because I am not that. Mm. I am an idiot. I am clumsy. I am stupid sometimes. I say silly things, and mm. you know, my brain goes to very strange places. Yeah, yeah. But I need people to know that that's okay, and and if they're feeling like that and feeling I'm not this perfect Instagram person, which I'm not, and that's a big reason that when I do these videos, I have in fact right now just generally like I don't have any makeup on. It's like there's no filter. It's mm. just like this is me unedited. I am really this dumb, <laughs> but I've managed to do something. It's just bringing that human element to it. Um, Definitely. I think it's refreshing, really. Oh, thank because, you. Yeah, because there is a very much a, a superficial, massively superficial, like the celebrity culture that we've all grown up with, that's yeah. now actually trickled down into our actual lives exactly. now. And, yeah, from to bring that yeah to bring that reality, the genuine reality yeah, uh, I just, to it, I think is appreciated. It sounds a bit deep, but I've always had a problem with uh like not feeling good enough when I was younger I never felt good enough and I just that's the other thing this whole sort of being perfect thing there must be so many people out there just going I'm not good enough to be doing you know if they so for instance on my Instagram feed that I do put up um cool shots of me playing or whatever uh and some of them do have filters on them or whatever and may I would hate the idea of someone looking at that going I'm not good enough to do that However, if they then watch a video of me being an idiot chatting at them about something random, I'd like to think they go, oh, oh, she's just normal. Mm. She's just, oh, okay, maybe I could do that. And I, I like that juxtaposition of like, here's what I'm presenting. Here's what I'm really like. Both of these things can exist and it means that you can do it too. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm coming from in terms of that. That's brilliant. I'm just trying. <laughs> you, well, you try. Yeah, it's brilliant. What you're doing is amazing. Thank you. It is really, really good. I'm sure you're helping a lot of people. Um, I hope so. Yeah, that are unaware of of the music industry and uh, what's what's going on. Yeah. Cool. I think I think that's. Well, let me just have one look through, just yeah, in case course. there's one thing I see on the train and go, oh no, well, I don't know about <laughs> that. Um. Yeah, some of them you've actually just answered even before I've, I've 
I've gone on to it. I told it. you like, I like to ramble. <laughs> things that you do outside of drums, like the food thing. That was like, yep, yeah, that was one of them oh, for later. Yeah. That was good. I also do jigsaw puzzles outside of drumming. Do you? <laughs> How rock and roll am I? That's yeah. really rock and roll, Jigs- that is. Jigsaw puzzles. And at the moment, I'm playing, I'm replaying Final Fantasy VII on you the PlayStation. PS1, are you? Yeah, not on a P- PS1, it's a, the PS4. Did you see, what, do you know about Final Fantasy? Do you remember it at all? No? Uh, I'm, or did I'm, you play it at all? No. Um, do you know what? That's I didn't have a playstation i say saturn but <gasps> i am a huge i am a huge gamer from like back in the day oh, so okay. up to ps2 oh, you okay. can ask me about any games console from like the early 80s and we can oh, talk I about love it. it but final fantasy 7 no i i had a playstation really late on so i didn't oh okay didn't well they're, they're basically it. so love this game had a whole thing where i played up until there were three discs i think i got halfway through the second disc and my dad decided to explore what the idea of formatting a memory card was so lost all of my where i've been it's a big game as well it's a big game yeah so and i was probably oh i don't even know how old i was maybe nine uh no maybe a bit older i don't remember when the ps1 came out but anyway about about 94 94 so yeah maybe about eight eight or nine um and I was like, well, I'm not replaying it. And anyway, years later, I've just been like, I'm going to play this now. So I'm on to disc three at the moment. But they're doing a remake where they're re-rendering everything and recreating, like redoing all the graphics. And I'm so excited, but I'm really annoyed with myself that I've, I've almost completed this version and I'm going to want to play, replay it with the perfect new graphics. Timing. Oh, it's I don't perfect know. timing, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. But I love it. I love Final <laughs> Fantasy 7 and 8. Already. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they are great games. I remember they did a film, didn't they? They yeah. did a Final Fantasy film, which, it was, actually which okay. was CGI. Yeah, yeah, really, really, really cool. I enjoyed that. But yeah. yeah. I like some games. I tried uh, Red Dead Redemption recently. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a fan of that. Bit slow. Bit yeah, slow. I think you can do... Um, yeah, I mean... I, modern games are like next level to me now I was playing Forza Motorsport the other day and just like oh my god I don't I just can't connect this to yeah. a computer game like we used to play like it's just so complicated I'm like I don't understand what's happening or what you want me to do so why is detail. there like this cinematic thing for like 25 minutes I just want to play the game like yeah, exactly. and why do I have to play it online I don't want to play with other people I know I'm like, the same like that I'm totally offline sort of person it's a generational um, thing I'm sure because we just never had that and it was like no playing games was a solitary thing at most you'd have one other person or if yeah. you had the n64 you'd have four people doing the mario kart thing or whatever yeah. but yeah there's it was a great not thing. a thing there's a great thing in brighton uh, there's an, a gaming night called gaming retribution <laughs> i'm just going to shout it out actually <laughs> yeah uh, they do it on sunday nights and tuesday nights oh, at the yeah. hare and hound and the hope and ruin in brighton and they have all the old consoles and they have literally hundreds of games for them really? they have a projector screen uh, like N64, PlayStation, Amazing. NES, NES, all of them. It's free. You just go to a pub. You buy a pint at the pub if you want to, or like me, if you don't drink soda and lime, which sometimes <laughs> is free. Amazing. It's a really cheap night out, and they've got all the old consoles. Wow. And it's really good. So, yeah, we play like four-player GoldenEye, four-player Mario oh Kart God, on the N64. Yeah. God, I forgot about GoldenEye. That it's was so huge, good. wasn't it? Yeah, it was massive. Oh, yeah, I didn't see We didn't have an N64. We had a PS1 when it came out, and our games were Tekken and Ridge Racer. Right, yeah, that was nice. like everything. And then, yeah, later on, it was like Broken Sword. Did you ever play that? Yeah, point and click adventure game oh i love a point and click adventure game did you play monkey island no i didn't but i played um sam and max do you remember that yes yeah 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 i think yeah i think i had that on 
a movie on Apple Mac. But yeah, honestly, same. the Monkey Island, they remade the Monkey Islands oh, did with they? really cool, lovely graphics. Ooh. So I totally recommend playing Monkey Island 1 and 2. Okay. They're like pirate adventures, but they're I'm really funny. You. And Guy Stupid is a character who's like totally incompetent, trying to be a big, scary pirate. But he's just like <laughs> this little boy. Sometimes his jacket falls off and everyone's oh like, well, you're not a pirate. That's brilliant. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm already sold. They're like, classics. They're yeah, really, I was really a bit classics. worried about after I finished Final Fantasy 7. So Monkey Island, I'm coming for you. Monkey Island, One do and it. two. <laughs> thank you. Cool. Well, it's been great to talk to you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, yeah, and best wishes for everything you do in the future. And yeah, I guess if people can go want to go to STEM Club, yep. they can find it. Yeah, just go website. to emilydrums.com. There's a button that says STEM Club in the top right-hand corner. At least as of right now, until I revamp my website, which I enjoy doing ever so much. Cool. But when yeah. when you've done Final Fantasy Seven, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which by my sort of like timeline, it probably won't be for another year. But yeah. <laughs> cool. Great. Well, th- nice to speak to you. Thank yeah. you very much. Thanks so much. Oh, it was such a pleasure to speak to Emily. She's a wonderful person. Uh, we had a really great chat, um, and. Um, I could tell from her online stuff before we met that she was really positive and she's got an amazing outlook on life. And um, yeah, I think we could have kept talking for ages and um, even the non-musical stuff that we spoke about was just so resonant for me and I hope it was useful for you to listen to as well. And do check out her STEM club. Check out her STEM club to download some of her drum tracks. Um, And yeah, you can also pay her to play drums on your specific track. And uh, I'm sure she would do an incredible job on that. Okay, next month. I don't know what's happening. Maybe it's not going to be next month. Maybe it's going to be in four months. I don't know, but um, I appreciate you listening. Thank you very much. I'll keep these coming. I'm Midiara, this was Midiara Meets, and I'll see you again soon.